Welcome to Steel City Church. We are all about connecting people to a loving God by sharing life together as we love Jesus and love all. We hope with this message you will have a better understanding of who Jesus is and what he did for you on the cross as we dig deeper into his word. Enjoy today's message. It's great to be with you again, uh, the family of God, the body of Christ. And we're in the book of Ephesians still, and we'll be in for a long, long time. Did you know that your eyes, that your heart has eyes? Isn't that something? Maybe not your physical heart, but your heart, which the Bible refers to as the command center or the control center of your life. The Bible says, guard your heart, for out of it flow the issues of life. Or your life, your experience, the things that happen to you flow or spring from your heart. Jesus said, where your heart is, there your treasure is also. And the heart is a very significant part of our, of our lives. The heart for Adam and Eve in the garden, their heart, the very thing that pulsed their life was this wonderful relationship with God. Our heart was created to be commanded by God and controlled by God. Amen? Our pursuit, our destiny, our satisfaction, and our fulfillment was meant to be in relationship with God and live a, live a life that's completely sold out with your heart to God. But Adam and Eve, they did something not too smart. Their heart went astray to other things, and they chose to be self-centered rather than God-centered, self-conscious rather, rather than God-conscious. And what Jesus has come to do and did over 2,000 years ago is to renew our hearts back to our destiny of experiencing God in the command center, the control center of our life. This is what life is all about, amen? Let's read this verse in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16. I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened, that you may know what is the hope to which he has called you. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe? According to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Wow. Hope, riches, power, inheritance. Every spiritual blessing is ours that's found in Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? The heart is a tricky, 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 tricky little thing, isn't it? The Bible says that the heart is deceitful. Who can understand it? Who can know it? Have you ever laid your, your head down on the pillow and wondered where your heart is? Why your heart gets sidetracked and, and uh, compromised and where your heart goes after other things rather than, than God, rather than the Lord. We've talked a lot about discipleship and giving our heart to the Lord. 
Discipleship is this awesome understanding that we gave up our rights to ourselves when we gave our life to Christ. Isn't that, isn't that true? We talk about the Lordship of Jesus Christ. We gave our rights up to the Lord. He's our Lord and He's our Master and He's our God. Now He directs us, He leads us, He guides us, and we are at His beck and call. In the day when this was written, discipleship was a big thing. There were disciples of uh, teachers, rabbis, um, other men where there were disciples, or there were, literally the word means learners. And in Jesus' day, in the rabbinical sense, these disciples to teachers, they would follow their leader, their teacher, everywhere they went. And there's even writings of these guys so wanted to follow their teacher that they wanted actually to understand and see how they went to the bathroom. Now that's going a bit too far, don't you think? But you see the desire, you see the quest, you see the purpose that they wanted to learn of their teacher, they wanted to learn of their rabbi. Jesus said, come to me all you that are heavy laden and burdened and I will give you rest. Learn of me, take my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Compared to the, the things that occupy our heart and our mind and our affections and our, and our emotions that bring shame, guilt, condemnation, and death, yeah. You know what? Jesus' burden is light. Jesus' yoke is wonderful and it's beautiful and it's our destiny to be wrapped in him and in, in his purposes. So, disciples today are learners. Bible says, though, that knowledge puffs up. Love edifies. We have a lot of people with a lot of information that are, dam that, that are damaging people all over the world, all over America. There's people with information. There's people with knowledge. And they have a lot of zeal, but they don't have love and they don't have grace. Jesus said, speak the truth in love. When we learn of the Bible and we understand the principles of God's word, see, what he wants to do is he comes into our heart when we're born again, when we're born from above, and all of a sudden our life has switched from the kingdom of this world, the flesh and the devil, to the kingdom of God, and we have a new perspective, a new perception of what life is all about. And he saves us and he redeems us, and he takes out those principles of the world, the flesh, and the devil, and he replaces them with the principles of God's word. Here's, here's what principle means. Fundamental truth or proposition that serves as the foundation for a system of beliefs, behavior, and chain of reasoning. The Bible says that we need to leave the elementary principles or the elementary spirits of this world and turn to Christ. There are many Christians in this world but there are few disciples. Now, when you, when you ask someone if they are a Christian, their perception and perspective of what it means to be a Christian can be totally unrelated to what you think and what you feel and what you know. Amen? For, for many, a Christian is uh, 
a person that is born into the family and they happen to go to church. Maybe they're Methodist, Pentecost, it doesn't matter. But mom and dad dragged you to church and you called yourself a Christian. You weren't a Muslim, you were a Christian. You weren't a Buddhist, you were a Christian. Christian by name because of you were born into a family that was Christian. And then there's Christians that get the posters and they, they, they protest and they go down to buildings and they protest everything. They protest, they protest, they protest, they protest. And then there's disciples, follower of Jesus Christ, a learner, someone that has said in their heart, Lord, my heart is evil beyond measure. I need a new heart. I need a new change. I got to be changed from the inside out. I want to have this heart of a disciple that serves and gives and love. See, faith always takes action. You can't say that you have faith if you don't act upon that faith and upon the Word of God. Amen? Ministry always is self-sacrificial. Always. Whatever kind of ministry you in, you in. Whatever ministry you in, you in. You are going to sacrifice. And for many of us, Sometimes the sacrifice is a little bit too much, and we say, you know what? I got a threshold, man. You know what I'm saying? I got a threshold here, and I can only give it myself to a certain extent, and uh, past that, I'm just being used and abused. A disciple of Jesus Christ, his or her main desire is to be used up, poured out, broken bread, poured out wine for the masses. And the more you're abused and you're used, the more you experience the grace of Christ. And there's nothing that can compare with that. Are you a learner? Are you understanding that the principles of the world, the flesh, and the devil need to be exited from your heart so that the principles of God's word can flow in and then all of a sudden, you become one who lives out what God has worked in. See? There's many Christians that do this outward stuff. Very pharisaical. They do a lot of activity uh, where people can say they're wonderful people. Look, you know? In fact, the Pharisees used to have trumpets blown when they walk into church. I think I'm going to do that next week. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> all right? Anybody that has a trumpet... Bring it next week, and when I walk through the door, I want you to blow that trumpet, and I will walk in. I am present. You know? That's what the Pharisees did. External. Jesus, whoa, did he ever give them a good talking to. Whitened sepulchers. On the outside, everything looks really, really good. But on the inside, your heart is evil. You worship me with your lips, but your heart is not with me. This is not the time to worship the Lord with your lips and outward external activity and have your heart not softened by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen? We are learners. We sit at the feet of Jesus and we learn.
What do we learn? Through the power of the Word of God, the written Word of God becomes the living Word of God when the Holy Spirit speaks to us. And we come to the Word of God with faith, knowing that God's going to speak to us about two things, His character and His nature, and about our sin and our rebellion and the stuff that needs to get out so that He can pour in. Amen? We love to understand the character and nature of God. We love to talk about the omnipotence of God, the omniscience of God, the, uh, the other omni of God. Amen? But we hardly want to see God speak to us about our sin. But if you want to talk about freedom today, Jesus Christ came to set you free from your sin and your rebellion. And when he does that, you're free to serve him with everything that you are and everything that you are you have, and you realize that Jesus doesn't owe you a thing. Amen? But you can give your life to Jesus Christ. And he comes down in such wonder and amazement and loves on you. The Bible says that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, I have come to give you life. And what? Abundant. That means overflowing overwhelming love of God. Behold what manner of love the Father has lavished on us, lavished on us that we might be called the children of God. Do you, do you know the lavished love of God today that he loves you? And it's not a sloppy agape kind of, oh, I love you, you can do whatever you want, and I still love you. No. It's the kind of love that will bring a circumstance into your life, will bring somebody into your life, God will move heaven and earth to draw you closer to him because that's the most important thing in this world. Can you imagine your life calling yourself a Christian? All your life thinking that you have this perception and perspective that you're a Christian and you get to heaven and he says, now who are you? Because I don't know you. Oh boy. That's a little scary. Our heart, our heart needs to be surrendered to God. We need to learn of him. Now, when I was a baby, my mama took care of me. She changed my diapers. She fed me. Occasionally, she hugged me. But when I got older, she said, get out of my house because you're eating all my food. Amen? <laughs> Go back to college because you're eating all my food. See, after a while, she, she expected me to like take on responsibility. Amen? No longer did uh, she uh, serve my food, cut my food, uh, prepare my food. After a while, I had to prepare that for myself. Question is for you, are you preparing your food from the Word of God? Or are you just coming on a Sunday and getting spoon-fed? Right? And then you go out into the world and you expect God to do something for your life, and you wonder what in the hell is going on. God is encouraging you today and admonishing you today to get into the Word of God. And when the Word of God gets into your heart and life, you are transformed. Yeah, for your good. What about for the glory of God? Amen? Are you living your life for the glory of God, for the praise of God? The wonder of just knowing him.
Paul said, I want to know him, the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Isn't that awesome? Power is this dunamis word, this ability to experience God, to know God. And how does he flush it out to know God but through what? Suffering sometimes, right? Our culture runs from suffering. Our culture drinks away suffering. Our culture drugs suffering out of our, out of our path, out of our life for a season until we wake up and until the drugs go away and we're back in the same spot. Jesus wants to set us free, but you got to understand, you have to walk in the principles of God's word. And it's totally opposite from the world. The world says, get, 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 get. <laughs> Scripture says, give, 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 give. Amen? Give and it shall be given unto you. More blessed to give than to receive. It's a total different principle from the word, from the world. And it's wonderful. How about this principle? Everybody's trying to save their life. Everybody's trying to just give everything their life and self-centered, right, and all this. The Bible says if you want to save your life, you've got to give your life away. If you want to have life, you've got to die. And then the life of Christ will be given. Man, principles of God's word, the wisdom of God, God's word. We read from Ephesians chapter 1 that, the, that God wants to give us the spirit of wisdom and insight in the revelation of what? Him. Amen? It's all about Jesus. It's not about your religious activity. It's not about your perception or perspective about church and everything else. We come here because we want to know Christ. We come here because Christ has done us so much good and our lives are overflowing that we are the body of Christ that we want to bless one another with the overflow of what Christ has given us. Do you understand how that works? Amen? But we get our eyes so much on the principles of the world, the flesh, and the devil. And Paul calls that in Corinthians, carnality. Trying to serve God out of our own fleshly heart and our own selfish desires. And that can never, ever happen. Amen? So we are, we are learners. We understand the principles of God's word. Hey, prepare your food, will you? Cook your food. Eat your food. Mama's not going to serve you, okay? Mama's going to kick you out of the house. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1 says, It's time that we leave the elementary principles, the basic principles of repentance and faith in God and move on to mature maturity and understanding in the Word of God. Mature believers. Mature believers. So then we are people who live out what God has put in. Amen? Now, the Bible says that we work out our salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who causes us to will and to do of his good pleasure. What God puts in, we work out. What God puts in, we work out. We don't work out anything that God does not put in. What God has put into us, what we receive of him, of him through the word of God and the Holy Spirit, we work it out on a daily basis. We're learners based on the principles of God's word. We're people who live out the gospel based on practice. 
We're doers of the word, not just listeners, right? Practice, the word practice means actual application or use of an idea, belief, method, as opposed to just theory. The opposite of practice is laziness, inactivity, procrastination. If we believed every promise in God's word and every principle of God's word and we put that into faith, faithful action, what a glorious life we would live. Amen? What a glorious life we would live. One who lives out what God has put in. And then thirdly, we are learners. We are people who live out what God has has put in, we practice the truth of God in our habits, in our emotions, in our attitudes, in our responses, as we rely on the truth of God. That acronym just spelt out heart, amen? Are you in the habit of habitually living your life for Jesus Christ? Are your emotions refocused towards the things of God? Because, friends, our emotions can get away from us, can't they? We can conjure stuff up in our mind, gets down into our heart, and we are shot. We are done. Listen to this. What you, if you plant a thought, you're going to harvest an attitude. If you plant an attitude, you're going to harvest an action. If you plant an action, you're going to harvest a habit. And when you harvest or plant a habit, you harvest a destiny. And it all stemmed back to that little, little thought and that doubt, the questioning of God's word. And it grew into this destiny that maybe we strayed from God because of the thought of not trusting in the word of God. We trust in him, don't we, today? Every word that's spoken from the word of God, we trust and we believe today as the inerrant, authoritative word of God for faith and conduct. Today, the word of God. What a great word of God it is. God breathed, written by the Holy Spirit, using men and their own personalities and experiences to give us this inspired word of God written by the Holy Spirit. What a beautiful, beautiful thing it is. So, we are doers of the word and not just hearers. That's why Jesus always said, hey, if you got an ear, then let's hear. Amen? If you got an ear, then let's hear. Word here in Old Testament times always meant hear slash obedience. When you hear the word of God, obey it. When you hear the truth of God, obey it and do it. Practice it. Amen? What a beautiful, beautiful thing that God gives to us is this ability to live out and be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, Paul said, that I am feeling like I'm pregnant to the point where I want to birth 
the image of Jesus Christ into your very heart and into your very life. That you would be conformed to the image of Jesus. That's our quest as disciples, friends. There's no getting around it. And what God does is he engineers people, circumstances, relationships, so that the image of Jesus Christ would be conformed to our hearts. The Holy Spirit would live in us, and we would exhibit the, the fruit of the Spirit. Where the world would say, that does not go with the principles of the world, the flesh, and the devil. When I yell at you, you're supposed to get mad. You understand? Or when I rip you off, you're supposed to get back at me. No, man, that's the kingdom of God. You want to rip me off? Rip me off. You want more? I'll give you more. Amen? You want to offend me and you want to hurt me? I forgive you. Practice. One who denies self and loves to serve. Now, there are some awesome televangelists on TV, aren't they? They preach the word of God and they are fantastic and they have a ministry that reaches millions and millions of people. I don't think Jesus would be a great tele-evangelist. And I'm going to tell you why. Let's turn over to Luke chapter 14. This is Jesus' idea of discipleship. This goes right back to the root of our teacher, of our rabbi, of our God. And this is what Jesus says to us as the church, as disciples of Jesus Christ. Okay, Luke chapter 14 and verse 26. Now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned and said to them, Get ready, because when Jesus talks, people listen. He spoke with authority and he spoke with power. And the words that he's going to share with us today are heart-wrenching, gut-wrenching, and will cause us to come to a crisis of decision on whether we are a Christian or we are a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's between you and God as we read these passages of Scripture. If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his, his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Not for nothing. That sounds a little radical to me. A little radical. A little out there. A little crazy. And what Jesus did is that he spoke things to like turn people away so that they could truly, truly believe. Isn't that something? If you want to be my disciples, he who does not hate his father, his mother, his brother, his sisters, and even his own life cannot be my disciple. What is he saying? If we take the context of Scripture, friends, he's not saying that you hate your family, but in comparison, our evil heart can raise a family member above God, and that is idolatry. Isn't that something? Maybe that's why my mother kicked me out of the house, you know? Maybe she loved me so much she didn't want to be an idol. I don't know. In comparison to the love of God, do you love your family more than God? God is saying to you today, prioritize your life. And understand that when you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, 
only then can you love your family the way you want to, they, the way they need to be loved, with the love of God that's poured out in your heart. We put family members before God, and God is saying, don't do it because your heart is deceitful and it's wicked and it will push me away. Have this prioritizing love for God that no matter what may come, family members might turn on you, friends might turn on you, your love for Jesus Christ will stand. Amen? And it's God's desire that he saves our families that they might come to know Christ. He who does not hate his father and mother. In comparison to your love for God, don't raise your family above your love for Jesus Christ. <coughs> Let's keep reading. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Jesus had a cross that he bore towards Golgotha. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he asked his father, Father, I know what's coming. And if there's any possible way, if you could take this cup from me, take this cross from me, please do it. But nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Each of us has a cross of crucifixion that we must die to self and God will raise us up. Amen? God is calling us to die to self. Paul said it. I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me, and the life I now live, I live based on the one who gave his life for me and who loves me. Isn't that awesome? crucified with Christ. If you want the life of Christ and the resurrection power of Christ, then you've got to die to self and you've got to take your cross. Many, some of you in this room might be saying, you know, it's just not worth it. And I know a lot of friends over the, over the period of time in my life who said it's not worth it. I don't want to pay the price and I don't want to count the cost of bearing my cross in serving Jesus Christ. I want to ask you today, are you willing to bear the cross of Christ for you in circumstances, in relationships? Is there something in your life where you just say, God, I don't want to do it. Take your cross and bear it. Amen? Deny yourself and come follow me. Jesus was good at pushing people away. Let's face it. The rich young ruler came to him. Hey, Jesus, I want to serve you, man. So let's get this thing going here, you know? And what did Jesus say to him? Right to the heart issue. Sell everything you have and come follow me. And what happened to the, to the rich young ruler? Sorrowful. Sorrowful. Not a godly sorrow, but a worldly sorrow. Because he knew he was not willing to count the cost or pay the price of serving his master, serving Jesus. Learning of Jesus and living for Jesus. Are you willing to count the cost and pay the price today to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? There's an urgency, friends. There's an urgency of not just being a Christian, being a follower and a disciple of Jesus Christ, where people look at you and say, they don't live their lives based on the way I live. 
by the world, the flesh, and the devil. There's something different. There's something different coming out of their spirit. Amen? And it's Christ. It's the Holy Spirit that dwells within them. To prioritize means to designate or treat something as more important than other things. We prioritize the Lord Jesus Christ as number one in our heart. He is our Lord. He is our master. And you know what? My kids and my family, I've been given as stewards, as a manager, to lead them to salvation in Christ and to love them with everything that I am. Let's keep reading, okay? Which of you desiring a, to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it? Otherwise, when he has laid a foundation, is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him. Friends, I want to I tell you that there are worship leaders that have been worshiping the Lord, leading people into worship for years that are turning away from Christ. Why? This man began to build and was not able to finish. What king going out to encounter another king in war will not sit down first and deliberate whether he is able, deliberate whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000? And if not, while the other is yet a great way off, he sends a delegation and asks for terms of peace. So therefore, any of you who does not renounce all that he has or forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. These are the words of Jesus, our teacher, our Lord, and our God. Let's get down to business, amen? And you, if you've been living a Christianese life, forsake it and become a disciple of Jesus Christ. Give him everything that you have, and may your heart whelm up with the joy of living for Jesus, day in and day out, knowing that he has you through your circumstance, and he has you through death, and he has you through eternity. No fear, amen? It's all about love. Choose you this day whom you will serve. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this, these two facts, God, that when we read your word, you reveal your character and your nature and your love and your grace. And then the second fact is that you reveal the heart and our agenda and our motivation. And God, I'm so grateful that you do because, Lord, my heart strays and my heart wanders. Bring me back, O oh God, to you. A heart that's sold out to God in habits, in emotions, in attitudes, in response and reactions to you and to other people based on the truth of God's word. Amen? Don't you feel excited today that God takes so much interest in providing a salvation of transformation in life. He's seated at the right hand of God, interceding for you now, sending the Holy Spirit to reveal to us the very intercessions 
of the Son of God for our life. Receive the Holy Spirit now as we worship the Lord and as we seal the deal of what God is doing in our heart. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you want to join us in person on Sunday morning, we'll be meeting at the Matthew Glab Post, 1965 Abbott Road, Lackawanna, New York. Or you can watch our live stream on Facebook at 10 a.m. If you have any questions or would like to get involved, you can contact us at info at steelcitychurchla.com or fill out an online connection card on Facebook. See you next time.